Welcome back, guys. It's your girl, Holly, and I am back today for another Missing Monday. For those that are new to the podcast, welcome. Missing Monday is a segment that was created to help keep missing persons' name and information in the media the best we can and to hopefully help aid in their return home. 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, and while some are found alive or deceased, the majority are still missing today. These cases are some of the hardest cases for me to cover because I feel so deeply sorry for their families and friends who are left wondering what happened. Often with these cases, we see very little information out there, and today's case is no different. However, their stories are still just as important to tell and deserve just as much attention as any other story does. So without further ado, let's get into the details of this case. Today's case is on the disappearance of Bianca Carrasco. Bianca Carrasco was 29 years old when she went missing from San Antonio, Texas on May 1st, 2016. She was born on July 21st, 1986, and she was originally from Odessa, Texas. I couldn't find much about her childhood, but I do know that she was extremely close with her sister, Giovanna. Giovanna described her sister as someone who could always make you laugh, that she was the type of person that could turn any bad or sad situation into one that made you smile. If you were having a rough time and needed your spirits lifted, Bianca was the girl to do that for you. Though Bianca was this radiant light for many people, she also was going through some rough times within her own personal life and that included struggles within her marriage. Bianca and her husband, Joe Daniel Carrasco, who went by Daniel, had been married for 10 years by the time that she had gone missing. When the two of them got together, Bianca was just 18 years old, and he was 11 years older than she was. Now, this relationship started off on a bad foot with her family, and that is because Daniel had actually been Bianca's uncle. Daniel had been married to Bianca's aunt, who was the sister to Bianca's mother. And I'm trying my hardest to break this down in the simplest way because I know it can get a little bit confusing, but Daniel was married to Bianca's aunt, Brenda. And during their marriage, they had a daughter of their own. In an interview with Bianca's mother, Barbara, she said that as the relationship between Daniel and her sister, Brenda, came to an end with a divorce, he began wooing Bianca to get back at Brenda. And as I said, when Daniel and Bianca got together, she was just 18 years old and was very naive and impressionable, as I'm sure you all can relate to. I know myself, I was super naive at this age and was manipulated into situations that weren't in my best interest, so I can see how potentially this all could have played out for Bianca. Naturally, with all of this taking place, it really caused a wedge between her family. 
Here you have this uncle by marriage marrying his niece that he essentially watched grow up into this young woman. And I just want to say, because I don't want to come off as if I'm judging here because this stuff isn't completely uncommon and happens more than we know, but for this specific situation, but from what I gathered, it was just as a whole, not a good situation. Now, according to what the family says, Daniel was very much a manipulator, and he manipulated Bianca and kept her from her family. He tried to alienate her, he tried to control her, and he tried to get her to cut off all communications with her entire family. It was because of this relationship with Daniel that Barbara and Bianca were not on speaking terms when she went missing. And according to an interview that Barbara did for True Crime Daily, she said that she hadn't seen her daughter for five years at the time that she went missing. Though there was this massive wedge between many of the members in the family, Bianca did keep in touch with her sister Giovanna and really confided in her about things with her life. Now, backing up a little bit, as I said, Daniel really wooed Bianca when she was 18, and it was pretty early in the relationship that she became pregnant with their first child, and they got married shortly thereafter. Bianca's sister Giovanna said that the relationship between Daniel and Bianca was never a good one, and often their fights were extremely childish. She said that if Daniel was mad, he would hide Bianca's keys so she couldn't leave, or he would continuously tap her on the shoulder just to irritate her and piss her off further. Things between them just was never good or healthy. And though they would go on to have three children in total, Bianca was very unhappy within her relationship. Eleven years would go by within this unhealthy and unhappy relationship. And as Bianca herself got older and her children became older and more independent, she finally decided that she deserved better and that she could do better. Bianca went back to school to become a registered nurse. In October of 2015, just seven months before she disappeared, Bianca achieved her dream and graduated and became an RN. On her graduation day, Giovanna was there to cheer her sister on and took lots of pictures of the very happy moment. Bianca was beaming with pride as she walked across the stage and she was just so incredibly proud of herself. But looking back at those pictures of that day, there is a picture that has always stuck out to Bianca's family. And it is a picture of Bianca hugging her son, dressed in her cap and gown with a smile on her face. Off to the side, Daniel is standing, and you can see just the profile of his face. But in the picture, Daniel has this almost angry look about him. He doesn't seem proud. He doesn't seem excited for his wife. He very much is staring blankly at Bianca. And I have to admit that the picture is a little chilling even for me to see. He just looks angry. And this picture is very haunting for her family because they don't think Daniel looks how a husband should look at such an exciting moment for his wife. According to Barbara, this was just how Daniel was. 
He hated when Bianca did anything to better herself. And Barbara even recalls when he was married to her sister, Brenda, that anytime Brenda did anything to better herself, Daniel hated it as well. And if everything that her family has said is true, it almost sounds like he enjoys having the upper hand or the control in the relationship. And potentially any time that that control may be starting to slip, he would get angry. I want to quickly state just in case it wasn't clear. This is all from Bianca's family and is their thoughts and opinions on the situation. These thoughts and opinions were formed and based off of information that they learned from Bianca herself, as well as things that they witnessed themselves. Of course, there is two sides to every story, but this is the only side that we get at this point because Daniel has refused to be interviewed or to talk publicly about his wife, which we will get into a little bit later. So after graduating college, Bianca was feeling amazing about herself and her future, and she finally got the courage to tell Daniel that she was filing for divorce. Bianca was so positive that she was finally done and ready to move on from this marriage that before the divorce had even actually happened, she changed her relationship status on Facebook to divorced. She also began talking to other men that she was interested in, and she did so through social media and texting. It also appeared that she may have met up with a few of these guys that she had been talking to for a date, but according to her sister, it was nothing serious at this point with any of these guys. Giovanna recalls to Crime Watch Daily that she told her sister to not get too wrapped up in this attention from other men. She told her that she understood that the new attention probably feels really good, which Bianca agreed that it did. But Giovanna really warned her to just not get too wrapped up in it because there's a lot of bad or drama that could come from it. And even though Bianca was still living in the home with her husband and their three children, she did continue to communicate with other men. Daniel did not know about these other men for a while, but he found out just days before she went missing. Giovanna recalls that on the Wednesday before Bianca went missing, Bianca called her and said that she was scared. She told her sister that Daniel found out that she had been talking to other men after he went through her phone and that she was really scared about what he was going to do. Giovanna would later get a text message from Bianca that read, quote, Daniel emptied the account and opened another account without my name on it, so I have no access to money except my credit cards, which is almost at the limit. I will not be controlled by a man and money, end quote. Four days later on Sunday, May 1st, 2016, Giovanna talked on the phone with Bianca one last time. They talked about her going to go see a lawyer, and they also discussed things about Bianca's kids as well. Bianca told Giovanna that she wasn't sure what would happen with the kids because Daniel made it known that he wanted them and was going to try and take them. And it was just this huge argument that had been taking place between them since Bianca had asked for a divorce. 
Before Giovanna and Bianca ended their conversation, they both expressed how much they loved each other. And this is something that Giovanna now says she's very thankful for because it was after this conversation that Bianca would go missing. On the evening of May 1st, 2016, 29-year-old Bianca Carrasco went missing. And the only people that know what happened that night is Bianca, who isn't here to speak for herself and her husband, Daniel. According to Daniel, he and Bianca got into an argument. It is assumed by many that it was a continued argument over her talking to other men as well as her wanting to leave him. Daniel claimed that Bianca got so upset during their argument that she walked out of the house and never came back. Now, according to Daniel, after she walked off, he was so upset and hated also that he went and got their youngest child, who was only four at the time, and got into the car and drove to his work, which is five hours away in Odessa. So just to remind you, Bianca and Daniel were living in San Antonio, and I saw a few different things about why he worked in Odessa. One thing I learned was that he worked in Odessa and would often stay there for a week and then come home on weekends, or he would come home every few days or so. I'm not sure why exactly this living arrangement was the way it was or why exactly he worked so far away when they lived in San Antonio, but I do know that Bianca was working as an oncology nurse there in San Antonio. So Daniel gets their youngest kid into the car, and he said that when he drove off, he drove past Bianca walking. The two of them made eye contact, and he continued down the road. When he allegedly left the house, he left their two older children behind in the home and again only took the youngest, leaving those kids alone all night long. The next day, it wasn't until 4 p.m. that Giovanna learned that her sister never returned home that night. Daniel called Giovanna and told her that the two got into a fight the night before and she never went home. Giovanna was aware that Daniel was in Odessa at this point, and she started to freak out a little bit because she was shocked to learn that the older two children had spent the night all alone at home. That was completely out of character for Bianca. There was absolutely no way that she would have left her children home alone like that. Those two kids were between 7 and 10 years old. There's just no way that Bianca, being the amazing mother that she was known to be, would simply allow those kids to stay home all night long. So right off the bat, Giovanna knew that something was completely wrong. She began calling Bianca's cell phone and found that it was turned off, which again was out of character for her sister. Bianca was always one to text or call people. She was always one to answer her phone when people called her. And she had been texting and calling Giovanna every step of the way with this separation. You'd think that she would have called her sister, who is practically her best friend, when she's allegedly out walking to blow off steam or at some point later that evening, but nothing came from her. 
It just wasn't adding up for Giovanna, so she called into Bianca's work to see if maybe she had shown up for work that day, but found out that she was a no-call, no-show. Giovanna then sent a text to Daniel to ask him if he could see if his aunt had heard from Bianca, and he replied with, quote, no sister, just let her be for a little bit, end quote. Giovanna replies back asking if Bianca had her car yet because she knew that Bianca had left it at the house when she allegedly walked away. Daniel replied with, quote, no, probably using that guy's, end quote. At this point, Giovanna was done. She knew that this was not like her sister and that the police needed to get involved. When Giovanna went into the police station and began talking with the officers, she told them everything that had been going on between Daniel and Bianca. And one of the questions that they asked her was, why hadn't Daniel been the one to call into police? Why hadn't Daniel been the one to report her missing? And Giovanna told them that she didn't know why. The officer asked for Daniel's number and said that he would call him. Giovanna gave him the number and right there in front of her, the officer dialed his number. After a few rings, a man picks up, and when the officer states who he is and asks if he's Daniel Carrasco, Daniel replies that he has the wrong number. This completely shocked Giovanna, and she couldn't believe that he would blatantly lie like that. Obviously, as I'm sure you're all thinking, this was a major red flag. She couldn't believe that Daniel would be lying when this is a police officer calling about the disappearance of his wife. None of it was adding up at all, and it left her feeling sick to her stomach. Later that evening, though, Daniel called back to the station and reported his wife as missing. Naturally, being the husband, he was brought in for questioning, and according to the San Antonio Police Department, Daniel cooperated fully. He had told the authorities that he had thought his wife was going to return home after she was finished blowing off steam, and that's why he didn't report her as missing earlier. Daniel also told the authorities about the man that Bianca was heavily speaking to before she went missing and told them that she had been having an affair. The authorities went and questioned this man as well to see if he knew anything or had spoken with Bianca, and ultimately this man had no new information for the authorities and was completely cleared of any involvement. The San Antonio Police Department has stated that there is no sign of foul play, but they are unable to rule it out either. They have never publicly named anyone as a person of interest or a suspect in her disappearance, and they have stated that it's a possibility that she may have just picked up and walked away. But for Bianca's family, they say in their heart, they know that she didn't just walk away. In their heart, they have one person that they think did something to her, and that is Daniel Carrasco. There is little information out there on what all the police department have done to investigate this case. I'm sure they have things in this case that they're holding close to the vest. And one of those things that I am hoping is surveillance footage or even cell phone data records from Daniel's movements after the evening of May 1st, when he was allegedly driving to Odessa. There's a lot of space between Odessa and San Antonio that he could have disposed of her. It also would somewhat make sense that he would take only the younger child and not the older two as well, if perhaps he was going to dispose of his wife. 
the youngest child would be less likely to have remembered or understood what exactly was going on. Of course, that is absolutely speculation and just me thinking of what could have potentially happened to her. Bianca's mother, Barbara, believes that she was either put into some sort of chemicals that could have dissolved her body or that she was put into concrete. I'm not sure why those two things are what she believes could have happened to her, but she is very firm in her belief that she is no longer alive and that she was disposed of in one of those two ways. One thing that is extremely frustrating is Daniel's refusal to speak with the media. Many large media outlets have tried to reach out to him, including Dateline, and he refused to speak. His attorney did make a quick statement on his behalf that said pretty much that he's been cooperating with the police department and that Daniel's major concern is protecting his children. Crime Watch Daily even tried to knock on his door, but the door was pretty much slammed in their faces. There was another time that Crime Watch Daily caught Daniel sitting inside of his car, and they approached him telling him that they wanted his side of the story. They wanted to give him a chance to say what happened, and he sat there refusing to speak once more. Of course, this could mean absolutely nothing, and he could be innocent. It is very apparent that people suspect him of being guilty of doing something to his wife. And that's a tough position to be put into, and he very well could be just trying to protect himself and his children. But many people feel like if you were truly concerned about your wife, that you would show face and make a public plea for her return home. But he has never done that. So I'm just going to briefly go over the few theories that are out there on this case because I do think they are worth discussing. The first theory, obviously, is that Daniel did something to his wife. Many believe that something happened during their argument and that he could have snapped and killed her. Or maybe he unintentionally hurt her by pushing her and she fell and hit her head. He panicked and disposed of her body so he didn't have to own up to what he did. I do think that there is a good probability that something like this may have been what happened. But of course, there has been no evidence that the police have released to support this theory. The next theory is that this was a random abduction. Bianca allegedly walked away from her home. Maybe she just wanted to blow off steam and was going to come back to the house eventually. But maybe someone drove by her, saw this beautiful woman walking alone down the road. Maybe she was upset and crying and they stopped to offer her help and did something to her. Or maybe they snuck up on her and attacked her randomly. One thing I do find odd about this potential theory is that nobody has come forward to have said that they had seen Bianca on that day walking at all. Nobody has corroborated Daniel's story. He has been the only one that allegedly saw her walk away from the house that day. I feel like if she was out walking down the road, someone had to have seen her walk by at some point, but nobody has said that they did. The next theory that people discuss with this case is that maybe one of the men that she had been talking to had picked her up and did something to her. I feel like if she had called one of them to come and get her, that they would have found that information in her cell phone records, which I'm assuming that the police 
pulled to examine. And again, the authorities haven't released any information about the investigation and what they've done. But if something like that was to be found, I feel like that would have been public knowledge by now. I feel like they would have released some sort of information about that. So I honestly don't think that's the case. The last theory, and to me the most unlikely, is that Bianca truly decided to walk off that day on her own free will to start a new life. Bianca may have been so fed up with the fighting between her and Daniel that she decided just to walk away from it all and to allow him to keep the children. But from everything I've learned after watching the interviews with her family, this seems like the most unlikely scenario. Bianca was said to be an incredible mom, and she was so driven with her career because she wanted to do the best that she could for her children. She was ready to move on from her unhappy marriage and show her kids what it looks like to be happy and what it's like to live a life that you love. To her family, there is just absolutely no way that she ran off and left those babies behind when they were her absolute world. At the time of her disappearance on May 1st, 2016, Bianca Carrasco was 29 years old. If she's still alive today, she would now be 36 years old. Bianca is described as a Hispanic female. She's 5'1 and weighs 125 pounds. She was last known to be wearing a blue denim jacket, pastel multicolored leggings, and wedged shoes. She was said to be carrying a pink Prada purse and a black Prada wallet. Bianca has black hair, brown eyes, and she has a large surgical scar on her abdomen and the letter B tattooed on her hip. Bianca is right-handed and has her ears pierced. If you or anyone you know has information on her whereabouts, you can contact the San Antonio Police Department at 210-207-7662. Before I wrap up this episode, I want to say once more that I am not saying that Daniel Carrasco is responsible for his wife's disappearance. He has never been named a person of interest or a suspect in her case by the authorities who are actively working this case. Her family feels that he is responsible, but there has been no evidence to fully support their feelings. Foul play has not been ruled out in this case, and the authorities are hopeful that Bianca will be found alive and well. Again, if you have information, please contact the San Antonio Police Department. No tip or information is too small. If you think you know something, it's better to be wrong than hold on to that information. Any tips are helpful, even if they turn out to be nothing. Unfortunately, guys, that is all the information that I have on this case. I will continue to watch for updates on this case so I can give you guys them if they come in the future. If you're not already a part of our private Facebook group, make sure you join it by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group. In there, we share all information and pictures pertaining to the cases that we cover, and we also encourage all of our members to share all things true crime. You can also follow us over on Instagram at crimeaholics.podcast. And if you'd like more true crime content, you can follow me on TikTok at the same username of crimeaholics.podcast. Lastly, if you wish to follow me personally and keep up with what I'm doing in life, you can find me on Instagram at crimeaholly. Crimeaholics, that is all for this week's Missing Monday. I will be back on Friday with another case for you. But until then, be aware and take care. 